Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Luke Pete I'm Pete Donaldson. I'm joined by Luke Moore. Lukey Moore is a, a resplendent in, uh, is that a shacket or like a, a kind of a, a thick shirt maybe? Does that count as a, a, like a flannel shacket? Hello mate, how you doing uh, Peter? How you doing everyone? Yes, this is indeed a shacket. I right. will just step back from the mic very briefly, hopefully you can still hear me. Give yeah. me a little look at it. Yeah, um, I, I think that's shacket. Yes, that that so the pocket on the side where the hip is, a hip yeah. pocket is very important in a shacket. That that separates the shacket from the shirt, doesn't it? I think it does. It's definitely one of the factors. I think that, you know <laughs> a little bit of added thickness and padding. Yeah. I yeah. think I think you've got parameters with a shacket. If you go too far that way, it's too thin, no pockets. Mm. It can just be a really a glorified heavy shirt. Yeah. If you go too far the other way with the kind of fur lining, the you know the big thick kind of padding, it can mm. just really be a jacket. So You've got to sit in that little um, that little space in between, I believe. I know you're a fellow <laughs> shacket enthusiast, um, yeah. but yeah, I, I'm passionate about them, particularly this time of year where we're getting to the stage now where it's not brutally cold, mm. but it is still cold enough. I think shacket yeah. can be a very versatile piece to uh, to help your day along in a variety of different environments. <laughs> help your day along. <laughs> yeah. I, I'd love to get sponsored by some company that makes shackets, and then we could just get sent them. That'd be amazing. It's just like shackets.co.uk. I wonder if anyone is that a has website? shackets.com. Should be. Should be if it isn't. Shackets. Yeah, there's no, there's nothing coming up. Um, oh, well. maybe, maybe the URL's for sale. Maybe we yeah, can uh, get it. I mean, have you, it, it, was I um was I kind of influential in any way into your into your shacket journey or um I I I do I, I think it's more um I do a lot of dog walks or um yeah. the the robot warrior I have access to rather. <laughs> um uh, yeah, I do a lot of dog walks, so they're, they're actually quite useful, aren't they? Um, yeah. uh, you, you won't be pleased to learn that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you won't be pleased to learn that uh, a blockchain business has taken up residence in shacket.com. <laughs> For goodness' sake! Which is good. So, how are you feeling yeah. about how are you feeling about your crypto at the moment? You know, we get a load of email complaints that if we talk about crypto. Oh, what? Because there's just crypt- there's just a lot of crypto in everyone's lives. I think people we're... think this is a safe space from crypto. <laughs> crypto and, um, is crypt, but we're so deep in it, Pete. We can't get out. Let's just talk about crypts. Like, like no one talks about crypts anymore. We don't really sort True. of like. There's probably not enough room anymore for crypts. And do you remember you that know, TV just... show, Tales from the Crypt? Uh, kind of. Was it just a, like a spooky a spooky TV show? I always found it really frightening, even though um, my largely my. Um, experience of it was just the artwork <laughs> with the skull 
<laughs> but, um, oh dear. It's quite funny because they, they had a... Um, they basically had a spin-off series called Two-Fisted Tales, which I imagine many people looked at not expecting to see what they saw. <laughs> That's uh, definitely a late-night Crypt, I mean, it, there's obviously a famous band, Rocket from the Crypt. Yes. On a on rope. On a rope, on yeah. a rope, got me hanging on a rope. I, my, the, the very first band. So, do you know the story? Um, our mate John will delight in telling you it, even though he wasn't there. Uh, mm. But you know, it's just a bit of him because he, he loves to take the piss out of me. Um, have you heard the story of my first ever visit to Glastonbury? No. Okay, I'll tell you it very quickly. Um, Nineteen ninety-eight. So I was seventeen, um, and it was in June. So I wasn't even nearly eighteen. Anyway. Um, we went to Glastonbury, and for those of you who who are minded to do so, you can look up what Glastonbury '98 was like. Yeah, and it was like the worst weather ever. It was like absolutely horrific. It was yeah. only rivaled really by 2005, which I was also at. But that's another story. 1998 Glastonbury was that term um, the Who headlining? Uh, it was Bob Dylan headlined. Oh um, right, I think Blur were there. Right. Um, I mean, Bob was... Dylan, that's the last thing you need because he does not. He, the man does not travel well, does he? He doesn't. I don't uh... think it was. It was. Oh, it was your boy. It was your boy's pulp, mate. Oh right, yeah. No, I, yeah, I wasn't at that one. Cool. So Primal Scream on the Friday, Blur on the Saturday, Pulp on the Sunday. But um, Bob Dylan played. Nick Cave played. Um, Foo Fighters. Um, anyway, that kind of stuff. It's, it's yeah. a fucking. It was. It was the late nineties. Anyway, um, and that was at the time when Glastonbury, you know. I can't stress this enough. Glastonbury is like a really cool mainstream thing now, but back then, I mean, you used to get the piss taken out of you for going to Glastonbury, and they oh, never and, get and the barely, proper big bands, and barely anyone ever paid to get in. They just jumped the fence, yeah, and, 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 and they wouldn't pay. Stuff. They wouldn't get like a a massive mainstream artist because they wouldn't have the money, right? Because it was like a charitable yeah. endeavor and all the rest of it. Yeah. Anyway, that's the background. So we went there, front a bunch of seventeen-year-olds. That's probably about seven or eight of us. No planning, no idea what we're doing. No, I don't even remember even looking at the weather. Um, we just went there on hmm. tr- on the train, I think. Um, cut a long story short, um, it was horrific. We got there on the Thursday lunchtime. By Friday evening, tent was pretty much gone. All my clothes were gone. <laughs> uh, I just had what I was wearing on my back, really. I, think I, I don't think I had really had any money either. Um, yeah. It was just ridiculous. So I just fucking left, right? I yeah. just thought, fuck this. I don't know how I'm going to get home. I think I had a return train ticket from a train station quite near, but I had yeah. no idea how I was going to get to the train because loads of shit was going wrong because the weather was so bad. Anyway, I, I managed to get home. Yeah. Um, and uh, my friends, up until, you know, I don't do it anymore because it was years ago, but they, they used to take the piss out of me quite a lot for not being able to handle it and for going home and all the rest of it. <laughs> and I completely can't remember why I'm telling this story now. But... <laughs> oh, no, that's it. No, no, I do remember. And, and the very it. first band I saw there were Rocket from the Crypt, right? Right, okay. And Rocket from the Crypt were really good, but it was horrific conditions. It was like (laughs) probably a foot of mud where the stage was. So you couldn't really um, move. If you got your feet stuck in the mud, it would get to the point where the rain wasn't getting to the mud anymore because the people were standing there, so it got sticky, so you lost your shoes. Yeah. What the guy from the Rocket from the Crypt did is he stopped the show halfway through um, I don't think he wanted people to be moving around because it was actually quite dangerous at that point. He right. separated them into two parts with a big kind of runway down the middle and he said, who wants to slide down? Uh, it was like slightly sloped. Who wants to slide down? And if you slide all the way down and get to the front, you can come up on stage, right? <laughs> and people were doing it and he was letting them up on stage. And then it got to the point where... Um, people were making mud cakes and throwing them at the people on stage. And then after a while, they just left. 
and that they were the first time I saw at Rocket from the Crypt, uh, <laughs> Glastonbury. And the, the the only other thing I remember from that festival was seeing England play Colombia in the World Cup <laughs> and winning with that David Beckham free kick. Um, and that was like with forty odd fifty thousand people all watching it on a big screen. Yeah, um, but it was awful but i still have quite a nice memory of of, of that band so there that you go there's a story fun. relating to the word crypt that sounds fun i think yeah you Not weren't band, there though uh, no? no i wasn't at that one but uh crypt presumably quite a uh, a good start on a wordle what do you reckon oh very di- good let's rid of the difficult letters and you know the wi-fi i have access to and i do do the wordle every every uh, day together have you done today's one not yet no don't tell me I, I'm not going to tell you. I actually um, may have told you. Uh, oh, you in the fucking last idiot! <laughs> Sorry. Why would you have to take you everything and make it well, I might have told. I might have mentioned one of the words that are part of it. That's this all. It's like but Game you, of Thrones all over again. <laughs> it's only one day. There are 365 wordles a year for crying. The thing out I don't, don't like about, about you and your spoilers is that I think whoever listens to our, our stuff and has done for a while will yeah. have an impression of me, and they'll have an impression of you. Yeah. And they'll think, Luke's a bit of a loud mouth, fucking mm. tries to be an alpha. Cruel. You know, all this crap. Cruel man. Yeah, cruel man. Cruel. Right? Basically a bully, right? which bully, I'm not. Cruel bully. And they'll think of you as being a really nice, kind of quirky, cool, like, indie dude, right? You, I've been in this, sat in this very room now where you've come in and spitefully spoiled Game of Thrones. <laughs> I have not, I did not. And people won't you believe it. You just got upset about it. it's true. You just got upset about the Blooming Dragon program and just, I just, I, 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 the ferocity in which you defended your, uh, that, that, that TV show show on that day shocked me the thing that annoyed me about it is that you wouldn't just wait until it to come out you had to go and fucking watch it on some american stream so you'd watch it first but it wasn't even part of the thing it was a blooper someone left a bloody starbucks coffee in there for crying out loud it wasn't even part of the program i mean in in retrospect that is poor by them someone told me actually (laughs) i don't know if i told you this but someone told me the, the, the guys who'd ran game of thrones when they ran out of book material Mm. someone who, who who knows about this kind of stuff and this, it was actually when I was over in the US and I was catching up with him mm. he said that they were just unbelievable hacks like, <laughs> they were like so bad it was like embarrassing <laughs> and um, yeah anyway apparently they were just unbelievable hacks is what I heard um, uh, <laughs> did you see uh, Luke that um, a Starlink satellite uh, just basically exploded in in, in the space <laughs> yeah was this the one that in. kind of it failed and so part of it's coming back to earth or one of it, part of it's going to crash into the moon or something that that was that that's the one uh, i think last week the new starlink it got basically um felled by a geomagnetic storm um right. and it just went out in a blaze of glory and uh and it was footage um taken in puerto rico and yeah uh, basically are you familiar with starlink it's basically um it's a musk isn't it it's Musk's uh, broadband uh, plan. Uh, oh, it's yeah, very I know impressive. what it is. Yeah, I didn't know it was called that, but I know what it is. It's very impressive. It's a cool bit of kit, but, uh, and, and, you know, it's great for rural um, people with rural uh, internet needs, but um, it's just going to end up with a lot of lot of space trash up so there. hang on, this, is, a, this, is, shit this is a sky. separate incident to the one I referenced. Yeah. So how this, how so, often is this happening? <laughs> there's just a lot of shit in the... In I think he's putting a lot of shit into space and and because he's so powerful, no one's telling him to fucking stop. Even the Chinese are saying, can you just stop putting stuff in the sky, please? <laughs> Pleading with him for crying out loud. And they're usually the ones that, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> affect climate change with their massive amounts of coal burning. <laughs> I, I, saw, I saw an amazing... Um example of making lemonade out of lemons a few a couple of weeks ago or a few weeks yeah. ago where part of um 
part of one of Elon Musk's ships. I can't. I think it's one of Elon Musk's. It's going to crash into the moon, right? Because uh, it because something something happened, and there was an interview with the scientist, and I can't remember the exact words because I haven't got it in front of me. But he was like, "Oh yeah, but um, obviously it's not ideal, you know. We need to control these kind of things. But on the other hand, I mean, it will give us some great data when it crashes in." And I was like, mm, "I'm not really sure science should be being done in that way, you know. You just gonna, yeah, we'll we'll we'll, we'll watch it." And I reckon it. I mean, because we've never done that before, because it's mental. We'll yeah. we'll see what we get out of it. <laughs> so I guess you've got to make some good of it, but it's not exactly yeah. a great way to be doing things, is it? No, no, I guess not. It's it, yeah. I, I think I think a lot of like the Musk stuff is just like we'll put up in the sky. Shall we check where there's a big geo uh, geo storm coming? Nah, don't worry. But can you predict it. them? Can you predict them, Pete? I think or you can, can't you? Yeah, you can predict most things, can't you? In the Look, sky, I presume. We've got another show coming out soon here at Stack about all sorts of science science fiction and science yeah. fact kind of developments and stuff. And, Luke was um, Space Chat. It's, yeah, it's called and, and, Luke's, Luke was Space Chat. Yeah, it's called that, yeah. Uh, I, I pushed through that name, actually. That's <laughs> a crap now. That's no, the best name. Um, but a lot of it, I was, I was personally, because uh, I was involved in the show, I was personally quite convinced about the idea that, oh, people say, oh, yeah, but Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos and Richard Branson, all these rich people just mucking about in space. Hmm. I kind of had that opinion before I did the show, and then I, I was fairly well convinced, not of the personal intentions of those human beings, I don't know them, and I imagine they're quite problematic in their own way, mm. but I was totally convinced of, um, and I, I think I also had it proven to me, the direct benefit of that kind of development and space exploration stuff, and how it actually does improve lives on Earth. Now, there's a, there's a yeah. lot of question marks around the people it does improve, and the fact that, you know, are realistically people who are really struggling on the poverty line in or below the poverty line in sub-Saharan Africa or whatever, are they really benefiting from it? Probably not, certainly not straight away. So there's definitely some questions to be answered about how that's channeled. But mm. a lot factually, a lot of our everyday life that's been improved over the last 50 years has come directly from space exploration and the space race right. and that kind of stuff. So, so it's a little bit more complicated than people just doing that low-hanging fruit, look at that crazy billionaire doing whatever he fucking wants kind of thing. There's a lot more to it than that. And unnecessarily, I think, there will be mistakes that happen that people have to learn from, and it's about limiting those. So, and that's quite a boring answer, so I apologise. But I think it's a lot more detailed than just the, the headlines that people are saying in, in, from what I've learned. What do we do with all that moon rock? Bringing it back, looking at it, putting it on the desk. It's just paperweights now, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 would, you, would you like to have a little moon rock in your in your in your apology grief cabin? Um, it's a sort of thing that you sort of see every now and again, don't Probably you? Kind of like proper figure. proper moon rock. But is it kind of just asteroids that have come down that people have sliced to bits and stuff? Well, I know that the um, the Apollo missions brought back several, I think, several hundred kilograms of moon rocks for study. Oh right, okay. I don't know where they are. I think some of them are on display in the museums in the US. Um, yeah. But I don't know where all of them are. But yeah, it's, it's really it's really um, interesting because it tells us a lot about how the solar system was formed, about how the moon mm. came to be, and all that type of stuff. I, 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 people say that I don't know, but I don't really know how that's the case. That's one of the big problems we've got in in, in the modern world, because like we'll be we'll be like um, conditioned, and, and I think you know in this example I'm going to use, obviously rightly so. Like, say we'll be conditioned and, and educated to, 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 to say that, you know, evolution is a fact, right? And it's how it mm. happened and, and it's provable and there's so much evidence, all of which is true. Yeah. But I think the, the problem comes from the idea that, and you can extrapolate this point I'm about to make across all science. The problem comes, people like you and I would find it pretty hard to explain exactly how evolution happens, right? Yeah. We're just conditioned to know that it's the case. 
And I wonder sometimes if that's really that helpful because if you speak to someone who is, you know, in my personal opinion would be mad to not think evolution is true. And I have read like a lot of stuff around it. Mm. You're probably going to be like, well, you must be a bit fucking simple. But at the same time, <laughs> we can't accurately explain what it is anyway. Yeah. And it's a, so, so what I'm saying is, oh yeah, it's great because moon rocks can tell us how the solar system formed. Okay. How did you get to there? Yeah, that's just a soundbite really for me because I have no idea about it apart from that. <laughs> I don't know how they're doing it. I don't know what they're doing. You I mean, could they're be lying. They're, they're, they're putting it under a microscope or something, but I don't know what they're looking for. And no, and no one believes boffins these days, so they just sort of like... Exactly. We've they're had they're too much of like... experts, Pete. <laughs> Haven't we? Which is why people like this show. <laughs> yeah. I've, I, I tell you what, I've um, a, a non-expert, but certainly someone who knows a, a certain amount of onions. Um, Justin Hawkins from The Darkness. Oh, yeah. He's um, He's got a Patreon. He does like YouTubes and stuff. Uh, where he just answers questions and uh, and basically talks about um, songs he likes and songs he doesn't like, and because he's um, yeah, I think he, his background was uh, writing jingles, wasn't he? It so was, he's a proper yeah. proper musician. Yeah, um, and he he basically talks beautifully about um, uh, about you know like he's going throughout the Red Hot Chili Peppers and how like um, bands he doesn't necessarily rate that much and trying to sort of find the good in some things and the bad in others and stuff. What's it called? I, I find so it's just just in Hawkins talks or something just 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 search it on youtube and he just sits in a room and he'll just sort of wax lyrical for for uh 20 minutes and then and then chip off it's a it's, it's a lovely lovely little listen but he's going through like uh who's the guitarist out of the red hot chili peppers who just rejoined um, um what is john frusciante isn't it frusciante yeah he's just rejoined us and before that it was hillel slovak but he's dead so it's john frusciante yeah, he um, he was sort of saying that it, like he he's a very successful uh, guitarist and he's got some beautiful guitars and a lovely sound, but he just doesn't do any like he's just he he doesn't have a very expressive guitar style and it's true. I like the solos and certainly like you know like from uh, under the bridge forwards, like it's very like the the solos are very simplistic. Is that what yeah. I mean? Just slidey kind of like of music is, right? slow, but there's no like. There's no wobble on the string at all. He just kind of slides his finger up there and slides his finger down there, and uh, and and he's basically given me uh, a, a, a logistical reason to dislike the Red Hot Chili Peppers <laughs> rather than just my gut. And that's what you're looking for. Reason. Yeah, exactly. At least there's like a musical reason for it. I'll tell you something. Um, um, forgive me if I've mentioned this before on the show, but there's a really great piece of footage of Hawkins. Um, getting really angry because he he entered a song into to be. Uh, to be the UK's Eurovision entry. Right, okay. And it was actually really good. It's like a really catchy pop song. Yeah. And he got down to the final two to be choose because you know they do like auditions right. on BBC and they yeah. choose the song. It's called A Song for Europe. And he lost to that fucking awful Scooch band <laughs> right, who did that okay. like air uh, cabin crew themed song yeah, and yeah, video yeah, and it did yeah, nothing. Yeah. But when they announced that Scooch have won over him, he just storms off. <laughs> it's amazing. But secondly, um, just on that kind of note, um, my friends and I do a thing every week where we listen to a different album. It started in lockdown, but we've continued mm. it, and we've never missed um, a week since the start of lockdown. So we've been doing it for almost two years now. And it's it's chosen in a variety of different ways. Everyone gets a vote on, on a short list, and it can be mm. anything, right? It can be like something you'd never normally listen to. It can be a classic album. It can be a Have genre you not got of enough? Have you not got enough spreadsheets in your, in your working I, life? Crucially, I don't do the organising. <laughs> Oh, I only okay. have to vote once a week, so that's partly why it works for me. <laughs> anyway, last week we did Revolver by the Beatles. Okay. Right? And I know it's not the most revelatory thing to ever say ever that, you know, Revolver by the Beatles is a brilliant album. Mm. But when you actually sit down in 
that kind of environment with no distractions. So you're not listening yeah. to it or doing anything else. You've not you you're, you're you've got a reason to just be there, and the only cut off is because we, we we do it in side A and side B because it's how the re- record was intended to be made. If you know what I mean. Yeah. So particularly something like Revolver, the track listing you've got like seven songs, and then on side two you've got another seven songs. But when you listen to it in that environment, it's honestly absolutely incredible how good that album is, right? No song mm. on it is longer than three minutes. Every yeah. single song is like an absolutely banging pop song, right? Mm. It still sounds really fresh. And it's just this unalloyed kind of way of songwriting where it is interesting because it's on the cusp of them going to this psychedelic thing and getting a bit mystic and George Harrison liking Indian music. So there's a bit of that in there. And you can see how different it's, they're going to start to sound. But it's just like incredibly like unfiltered undiluted pop songwriting of the like that you know you probably don't get anywhere else and it just keeps hitting you every song it's like mm. i said i said at the time it felt like being it felt like getting into the ring with a really good boxer and he's punching you and every single punch really hurts but it's coming <laughs> from a, so it's memorable but it's coming from all sorts of different angles. And one's going to the body, one's going to the chin, one's going to the top of your head. And it just never ends until it does end, right? And then what you're left with is like no more than like 35 minutes of absolutely perfect listening. Yeah. And then you go, fucking hell, that is exactly why it's not just a soundbite when everyone says the Beatles were the greatest ever and the most influential mm. and all the rest of it. Because it is astonishing to listen to. So that kind of stuff does appeal to me. So I'd, I'd be very interested in watching those... Uh, videos from from uh, from young justin because he's, he's an interesting a, guy anyway so i'm sure he's, he's got, got a lovely he's say. got a lovely way about him he uh he's uh he's not um backwards to come forward to saying that he absolutely hated doing radio interviews and i always thought we got on quite well <laughs> <laughs> picture <laughs> you in the upsetting. background <laughs> <laughs> look at this cunt i hate him yeah um two things on that luke uh, i feel the same way uh when i went back and listened to the first placebo album uh last week and not um, quite the same <laughs> It's just simply not quite the same. According to this track listing, uh, Luke, I'm Only Sleeping and Love You Too are both four and three seconds over uh, three minutes. Uh, the official <laughs> track insane. listing of, of uh, Love You Too is three minutes. The official sleep uh, track record of track listing um, says that I'm Only Sleeping is two minutes 58. Oh, uh, uh, where are you getting these from? Where, where are the lost seconds? You're missing out on seconds. If you're getting put, you could fit in a couple more punches in those seconds. Mine comes from the official, one of the, the most respected uh, Beatles historians, Mark Lewison. What's he got to do with it? He just What's loves wrong them. with Wikipedia? He's one of those <laughs> blokes who just loves them. Loves them. To put it in perspective, right, I think it's Mark Lewison who wrote, um, it might not be him, but there's a Beatles historian that's written like a, vol- a voluminous mm. biography of the Beatles in various different volumes. And to put it in perspective... The first one, I think, is 800 pages long. And I think it ends in, like, 1958 when the Beatles haven't even formed. <laughs> That's how obsessed people get Fantastic. with it, mate. So we'll have all sorts of listeners get in touch. Anyway, we've got to have a break because we're way over and we've got to do battery brands and a couple of hand injury emails, Pete. So we've got to do this. Certainly do. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Have you ever wondered what happened to all those space-age promises that previous generations thought we'd have by now? You know, heading out for the day on your own personal flying cars or working on a space hotel somewhere in the far reaches of our solar system. Where are all those amazing inventions? Well, we're here to find out more on my new podcast, Where's My Jetpack? I'm Sarah Credis, space expert, TV host, and author. Join me and Luke Moore every week as we look into retrofuturistic tech that never was to decide whether it's still just science fiction or if some of these discoveries are actually a lot closer than you think. I think we're very close to that happening on a, an even more regular basis. And what I think is interesting about that, too, is that's going to make the accessibility of getting to space available for more and more people. So if you've ever wondered whether we'll one day speak to aliens light years away or you'll be flying to work on a jetpack, this is the podcast for you. Think of the car parking spaces. They need what to be mean? massive. No, really the wings can fold up. Well, they don't exist. No, some of the cars um, which were designed had wings which folded up. Are you happy getting in a plane knowing the wings fold up? Yeah. I, right. I trust engineering. Trust the science. Search Where's My Jetpack on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Where's My Jetpack is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. We're back with the Look at Pete show, and of course... Of course, battery brands have to be discussed, people. We're going battery brand crazy. If you found a battery in a toy or a anything, really, uh, just let us know which one you found, uh, and we'll read them out on the show uh, and figure out if someone's sent them in before. Uh, shall I kick off with uh, reading out the battery brands, Luke? You go for it, mate. I'm going to search. All right, mate. Uh, here we go. Uh, let's go for uh, Dylan's uh, message. Uh, I may have a new battery brand for you. Pear Deer Industrial. Hopefully it's a new player. Uh, Dylan, I can almost ca- categorically state that it isn't, unfortunately. Pear Deer Industrial is a very, very common battery. Yeah. Um, it's been sent in as early as New Year's Day 2018 by Jack mm. Hollands. 
Uh, Megan, our friend Megan sent it in um, mm. towards the middle of 2018. So, yeah, you're way behind the curve there, Dylan, I'm afraid. But thank you for getting in touch and having a go, because if you don't play, you can't win. Exactly. Thank you very much, fella. Uh, Chris Laird's come in with a uh, long-time listener, second-time emailer. Wanted to finally chime in on the battery chat. Had a lovely box of these AAA Power Owl batteries delivered to work today. Never seen the likes before and wondered if they may be a new player. Chris Laird, is it a new player, uh, the Power Owl AAA? Power Owl is a brilliant Power name for a battery. Owl. Imagine how quick the head new. could turn on that. They're new players, <laughs> mate. <laughs> new players Smashing. guaranteed yeah. 100% power owl never heard of them before great <laughs> to see them um, to, to mention I don't know I mean he doesn't give us any context as to why they've been delivered to his work but I'm very yeah. very happy they have been because I've never <laughs> seen those before they are officially new players hello to you Chris and welcome to the power owl Welcome to the Power Owl. Uh, Anna has come in with, uh, uh, well, she, we certainly did five batteries, but we're going to focus on the Czechoslovakian ones, or rather Czech Republican okay. ones, uh, as they seem the most interesting. I've been collecting photos of batteries for some time now, and I just can't keep them all for myself anymore. Here they are. Eta Premium Alkaline, uh, in one of their strange little lamps. A packet of Reva Alkaline Ultra batteries in my local shop. Uh, since co- Both companies seem to be Czech. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, yeah, Eta Prima Alkaline and Rava Alkaline Ultra Batteries. Any, uh, any yeah, bite? So, I think Rava's new, isn't it? I'm just doing, just searching now. So Eta, I think, are new. Eta Prima Alkaline are new. Yeah. Um, Rava Alkaline are also new. Yeah, oh, two new players. stuff. Anna, Great fantastic. Stuff. Well Good done. on you. Collecting pic- pic- pictures of batteries in your camera roll. Uh, by the way, uh, Anna finishes her email. Uh, what is it about Pete looking like everyone? I've never seen anyone even remotely resembling Pete Donaldson here in Central Europe. Is it just a British thing? That's Thanks bullshit, Anna. Podcast. That, um, um, with respect, that is bullshit. I mean, to, I mean, to be fair... He looks like every are... Eastern European man ever. Yeah, so... Eastern European, but Central Europe. I mean, you, you, people in Spain look quite healthy, don't they? You know what South, I, mean? I would consider Spain to be South Europe. It's, is there South Europe? What? Southern Europe. Yeah, Central Europe to me is like Germany, you know, uh, Switzerland maybe. But you forget that... Austria. Like, like, Western Europe, West, I don't know, yeah. Oh, I don't know. I, don't I, th- know. I, th- I think you're looking at, you're looking at yeah, that, that Spain is not Central Europe. That's like Southwest Europe. It's right at the south bottom of Europe, isn't it? Mm, yeah, I guess so. So I, I th- <laughs> I'm surprised to hear that, Anna, but a lookalike is always in the eye of the beholder. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, but I think you'd have to be pretty stone-hearted to not admit that Pete does, on occasion, look quite Eastern European in his appearance. I'd I'd I'd, I'd go with that to be honest. Yeah. I'd go with that. All right. Great. Um, <laughs> so we have done a few battery brands there this week. So we did, get, did manage to get to a few of your emails. Uh, we're going to be having the hand hurting special uh, on the next show. Does that sound about right? Yeah, Luke? Can we do great. that? We're going to be back in the studio. We're going to be talking about hands, uh, touching hands, I like hurting that, hands. Because um, what we do is we say something that we want to do and then we just rely on producer Roy to, to organise it. <laughs> yes, <laughs> so exactly. that'll be yeah, fine. So, yeah, good on him. He's reliable. <laughs> uh, he uh, is, great he stuff. So we're out of here then, are we? We're going to do that. That's enough. We're, yeah. we're up to time. We're out of there. So peace out, everyone. Peace out, Seacrest. We'll see you uh, next week for more yeah, of this. Yeah, have a great weekend. Send yeah. us an email or two if you want to. Hello at lukeandpeachy.com. We are at Luke and Peach Show on the social media. And yeah. uh, leave us a review if you get a moment. We'd appreciate that too. Pete, have a great weekend. I hope to see you again soon. Um, we'll chat again on Monday. Muscles. See ya. See you guys. The Luke and 
Peat Show is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.